Hi everyone, I'm your host Farhana Sogura and welcome to Relatable Content, a podcast about topics that we can all relate to. While some like to talk about it and others like to listen, I realize that I can do both and on a podcast. So I interview different guests that have a story to tell, but also that align with my journey through life because I believe that so many of us go through very similar experiences, we just share them in different ways. You know when people say you have to wait until it happens for you to realize that it needs to change or something like that? Well, that's exactly what happened in my family household growing up. I think we ate quite a substantial amount of red meat and chicken and all the dairy products that one typically does without caution and without realizing my family member developed a heart condition and that was a huge wake-up call for us to realize that we needed to change the way we ate. I mean, this was one of the most traumatic experiences for us growing up because we couldn't believe that this is just because of the way we were eating. And also because the person that was cooking for us was my beautiful mom. And my mom made a lot of healthy food. It wasn't as if we were eating the worst. It was just that we didn't realize that, you know, it plays a huge, food plays a huge role in the way we live our lives, especially if we're, we're not active or, you know, I'm not saying that everyone is not active, but if you consider how much exercise you do and how um, healthy you are in your brain and in your heart, then you can consider how much meat is actually good for you. I mean, I was watching Down to Earth with Zac Efron recently and the one of the researchers were talking about blue zones around the world and he mentioned that Italy, well specifically Sardinia in Italy, was one of the blue zones. And what I mean by blue zones is that people... Uh, Blue, blue zones consist of people who live up to 100 years old or older and those people had diets that were very similar which were low in protein and high in carbs so i don't want this to be a trigger for everyone listening to this conversation but we live and follow so many diets yet what i loved about this research was that people who live to such an old age of course live in certain climates and live in certain conditions where they showed similar factors such as being happy but also that their diet what I mean by diet is the food that they ate. And the common symptom, again, was that they showed to be eating similar food types. Now, I again, I'm not saying that the food is your problem that you're eating in the world, but signs and factors of your diet plays a huge role, at least for me. So where I was in this conversation was that after realizing that the food had to change in my family home, we went back to basic plant diet meals, which my mom was accustomed to making. I mean, she comes from an island, we eat a lot of rice, a lot of beans, a lot of carbs, a lot of plant-based meals, but we weren't so used to eating that because we grew up in South Africa where, you know, meat is definitely something that everyone eats to remain healthy and fit. So anyway, once I can say, I guess I can say that was the calling or the wake up call for my family and wasn't very common within the spaces that I shared friendship circles in. But anyway, after high school, I traveled abroad and I realized that eating meat wasn't such a big thing or I wasn't really into it because I didn't like the way that food produce looked. I didn't trust so many resources 
and I think I started watching documentaries where I started questioning are animal products the best solution for me also keeping in mind that my family member had gone through some traumatic experiences I think that also definitely was a, a huge factor but traveling allowed me to realize that I could eat a lot of plant-based meals and it was only when I met a partner and I moved to Australia that I tried different foods where I was like okay I'm gonna try some meat again but even still Australia was a country of a highly obese population and that scared me again because coming from South Africa is also considered a highly obese country. The two played hand in hand and again I thought okay I'm not a healthy person if I'm going to eat a lot but mind you I think I was also very OCD when it came to eating meat products. I thought that if I ate a lot something bad was going to happen to me. So this led to my desire or interest in living a healthier lifestyle and just eating a more balanced meal and not saying that I haven't gone through experiences of complete obsession or complete avoidance but when I moved back to South Africa I went to this market called the vegan lifestyle market and it wasn't long ago when I went to this vegan lifestyle market of course the food was vegan but it wasn't necessarily about that it was about sustainability and what I really loved about sustainability was the fact that I was conscious about my lifestyle and the choices I was making on a day-to-day -day. I mean now I look back at it and I thought that I was just obsessed with being vegan which I definitely jumped on that bandwagon I mean veganuary if anyone hasn't looked up that trend please do or, or not but they are raising a lot of funds for animal cruelty but anyway back to the story of mine this market changed my life because I realized that I don't need to just eat vegan food to be conscious about my world and my health it came from the planet as well and where I sourced my foods where and how I changed my daily activities and how I was towards people I mean compassion plays a huge role in all of this so winding down to where I am today I started this page called Dunia which I really wanted to highlight eco brands around the world which I could believe that needed a platform to be shared with different people around the world so this page is still up and running but I decided to come back to my podcast obsession with relatable content and I still have this page going but keeping that in mind I have always had some interest in keeping to sustainability or talking and bringing up conversations that I can relate to and Herbie Raw was one of them I think I found her on Instagram thinking wow this girl is living such a good life she's traveling she's sustainable she posts good looking food and healthy and packed with all these nutrients and just looks great I mean I have been allergic to nuts my whole life but even the food with nuts attracted me so yeah I reached out to her and this was the conversation we had no matter how much superfoods you eat or celery juice you drink, shit is going to happen. One day, kombucha is the queen of health. The next day, everyone says, keep calm and eat kale. One day, yoga cures everything. And then the next day, yoga guru is going for a hip replacement. If you're listening to this episode in July 2020, there is a giveaway on Relatable Content Instagram. Head over there right now or Herbie Raw. If you're listening to this podcast in the future, you will get $5 off Herbie Raw's ebook. Go to our website, go to our Instagram, find out more information and get those dollars off. This ebook is stunning. Hello, beautiful human beings. I don't actually like to put myself in a box but I will paint a pretty little picture of me on a surface level and keep listening to this podcast to get to know the juicy details. In a box, my name is Tanita Boswell. I'm 20 sexy. My alter ego is Taniqua and my soul number is 22, representing my soul's urge, which is to create and glow. And the reason I'm on this podcast is due to my first real love, 
Herbie Raw, which is a lifestyle brand focusing on holistic health and conscious cooking. Taniqua, I want to know what the story is behind Taniqua. Obviously, we can see that my name is really weird and exotic. So most people forget my name and I have a bag full of nicknames. And growing up, my nickname was Tippi, T-I-P-I. And in my teenage years, I just stopped resonating with that name. And my nickname became Titties. And everyone calls me Titties. And yes, I have a size naught or A cup, whatever the, the fuck my titties are. So whenever someone's like, Titties! The other person always expects me to have like these double Ds, but that's not the case. And I mean, I love to party. Dancing is everything for me. Don't talk to me while I'm dancing. It's like the biggest rule in Taniqua's book. You just don't chat to me while I'm dancing. And I loved to kick up dust in Tanqua Town, which is in the Karoo, Africa Burn. And Taniqua <laughs> was born. <laughs> squeaking tacky on the dance floor, <laughs> which is my alter ego and the extremely fiery part of my character. Even though I'm a Libra and it's an air sign, I have a very fiery character. And Taniqua, I'm assuming, is definitely fiery. She is down there, Gemini. Yeah. Never really resonated with alcohol. I don't like that out of control experience. And I had my days of drinking, like from when I was 14 to 18, it was sharing a bottle of Russian beer with my best friend. I can't even take a fucking shot of vodka now. I would be drunk. And I was dropping half a bottle. I just got to a point in my life where alcohol just didn't serve me anymore. I had a couple of com complications with my liver and I was on fatty liver medication. And obviously we all know that alcohol and the liver just go hand in hand. So I kind of stopped drinking alcohol. I think that kind of makes so much sense as we get to uncover more about you. and the more, world. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you also said that a lot of people refer to you as different names when you're growing up. And I'd love to know more about you. How was the younger Tanita versus now? 20 sexy. Obviously this year through traveling, which we'll get delve into deeply now too, I spent my birthday on my own for the first time in my life on an eight-day trek on my own through Nepal. And I arrived at the top of the Himalayas <laughs> on my 26th birthday with the full moon. <laughs> I was like, this is my year to shine, so I'm 20 sexy. <laughs> yes, I love that. And I resonate with that as well, because I feel like 26, when I wrote down just people my birthday, what is being 26 means to me? And it's just being like living my truth, you know, like just being me. Confidence is queen, girl. Yes. Honestly. So going back to your growing up, who was Taniqua in her younger years? <laughs> I was super independent always at a very young age. I was always on my own mission. I was always a kid that could be left on their own to do their own thing. I always had my hand in the cookie jar. Always. I was always found in the pantry when I was two years old. Hand anything? In the anything? Jar. Always something specific. I think it was anything, yeah. Hey? <laughs> Anything, anything. I mean, I, I had an obsession with bees. Where were you brought up? Is the question I should ask. How bad? Hello, everyone. I am just stopping in to say a huge thank you to my Patreon supporters on relatable content. Without you, I cannot continue to afford creating this episode. So, yeah. Here's a little shout out to you and thank you to you for doing your magic and creating a space for all of us to have these conversations. You are Tatiana Lucia, Sam from The Wild Love, Jessica Rupin, Annabelle from Ready Wellness, 
Christy from Violet Tapestries and Ruth from the Better Sex Workshops. If you'd like to become a supporter, please head over to patreon.com forward slash relatable content. Okay, loves, let's get back in. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and who are your parents? No, I'm joking. Okay. I was very, very individual human being, um, always on my own little mission, but an older soul always like an older soul. My parents were very young when they had me. My mom was at my age, she already had a six-year-old daughter and a one and a half-year-old baby. So my parents were very young and I had a five-year-old sister. So our age gap kind of all just morphed into one. And it was never like mom, dad, sister, daughter. It was like best friends. So it was very different and it wasn't no sir, yes sir with their friends as well. Like we grew up in an environment where, you know, when I was 10 years old, my mom was only city. She was such a young mom and I had such young parents. So I kind of was pushed to grow up. I never was really a child. And my sister is a very, very, very young spirit. She's like a 32 year old woman trapped in a 12 year old body. And I'm the opposite way around. So I was always the older sister and she was always the younger one. A classic story is I always knew that I was different growing up. I had some other kind of magic, but I just didn't know how to use it or acknowledge it or understand kind of that Taniqua fire within me. And when I was a kid, all of my friends were going to Sunday school I mean, my sister were at home with my mom picking tarot cards. My dad was a trance DJ. My house was filled with dream catchers and crystals and bonsais. And I grew up in a quote unquote alternative household. I mean, as cool and as exciting as it sounds, I don't know why we compare ourselves to others truly still to this day. But as a young child, I'd say I also quote unquote, didn't want to live an alternative life. I just wanted to be normal, quote unquote. Fighting against my alternative side. I don't know what other word to use other than alternative, but just fighting against that person in me, which was Taniqua. I just became like an angry, bitchy, egotistic person. I was a classic case of my dad took my door off of my wall because I always used to slam my door and I just had a bag full of anger issues. And I also grew up with a person, with my sister, who is an angel from above. I don't know where she comes from, but she's just a happy ball of the pipe dream, you know, perfection. She's just amazing, incredible. So anyway, only in my teenage years, once I'd left school and been bullied about my alternative parents and stuff like that in school, only really in my teenagers did I let go of that desire to fit in. I truly then started to connect with my authentic self. You know, I started to acknowledge that I really enjoyed being different and alternative and just embracing it. That's a very important thing to have when we live in a society where we all feel like we need something to be happy or need something. And it all comes from within. And within is actually a point that I want to touch on because you said that you always felt like you were alternative or you did that in air quotes. I have been meeting a lot of people who have felt very different and that they weren't the normal status quo look or feel, etc. And the more I begin to realize how many of us are actually just 
in that space of feeling different. We're so used to thinking, okay, we look like this, therefore we are different. We act like mm. this, we are different. But then again, we all look different. We all act different. Yeah. Therefore, we actually are all different. And it's mm. so crazy to think that when we were younger, we would think, oh my gosh, I am so different because my mom's from here and I am so different because yeah. I'm this way. But at the end of the day, all of us are on the same field. And it was so crazy mm. to listen to because the psychologist was like, how many people feel like they're different? And everyone in the room said that. And I was like, well, <laughs> clearly we're all the same. And it's such a beautiful feeling to have because that means that if we're all the same, we didn't judge each other. We had so much feeling towards each other. We cared about each other. And imagine we could yeah. have that feeling when we were younger. For sure. And that's what I wish we were all taught. <laughs> it's such a big thing. Can I talk about this magic within me? And it's not because I think I'm the chosen one or I am some spiritual guru or that I'm more special than other human beings. It's not that. I just feel like I am more connected to the magic that I can bring to this world. It's just connecting to my true self and to the essence of what actually makes me me. And I feel like once you get to this stage, you realize that we are all the same. Mm. That's why I'm on this path that I'm on is to make everyone realize that we are all in this together. Yeah. And we all have different yeah. aspects and assets to add to make us For sure. like cohesive. For sure. Obviously, we were talking about the magic in me, okay, so I'm going to carry on. Bringing us back to the magic that I find in, within myself is just because of the path that I've been on. And to elaborate a little bit without getting too in-depth, I don't like to dial too deeply into trauma or health-related issues because I don't believe they define who you are. Trauma is not your fault, but healing is your responsibility. And that is why I'm so passionate about healing and the journey to self, which in a little bit of a background, I'll just tell you a couple of points as to how I got onto this path. At 10 years old, I had Bell's palsy. The right side of my face was paralyzed and I lost complete function in my face. I couldn't smile. I couldn't blink. I couldn't close my eye. I had to take my eye down at night. I couldn't eat because things would just run out of my mouth. So this was the first point in my life when I had the realization of my external appearance. So we were talking about earlier, I was having issues with not connecting to my alternative self, but that had nothing to do with my external appearance. It had to do with my upbringing and it was me not resonating with an alternative way of bringing up kids. Only at 10 years old that once I had Bell's palsy and did I realize that I had an issue with my external appearance because of the way that I was being bullied and stuff at school. So I didn't go to school for a very long time, about six months in total. During that time, I was on hormones to speed up the recovery, steroids to reduce inflammation, and I had to do facial exercises. And luckily, I had alternative quote-unquote parents, and my mom really believed in acupuncture. I went for acupuncture on the weekly, like all the time. And I believe that that was the only reason why I got the nerve function back in my face. And that was the beginning of a lot of my health issues. At 14, I got my first period and that was the onset of my menstrual issues and just loads of gynecologists, loads of contraceptions, all of the different ones underneath the sun. And it finally led me up to a diagnosis of PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, which I think is heavily misdiagnosed nowadays. However, I believe that I had PCOS 
By this time, I was nearly 17, about to go into my last year of school, and my parents got divorced, which led me onto a development of OCD. So I always struggled with OCD. I had an obsessive personality. This was an onset of a big obsession with the number three. I would only eat the third piece of bread. I would put my cup down three times. If I blinked into the sun, I'd blink three times. I'd only walk on the three certain tiles in the middle of my hallway at school and count one, two, three, one, two, three. Driving past traffic lamps, I'd count one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And it just got to a point where I was now saying to myself, if I eat the fourth piece of bread, something bad is going to happen. And this is where a problem comes in with obsessive compulsive disorder is lots of people take it to the extremes where they think if they don't wash their hands, they're going to die of a bacteria. It becomes that obsessive. For me, it was more for the development of numbers. And I went onto a chemical drug called lilifloxetine, which is an anti-obsessive compulsive drug. And this was in my last year of school. And lilifloxetine made me fucking weird. I lost touch with my personality. I lost my fire. Tanika was in hibernation. And it spiraled into an obsessive and restrictive relationship with food. So it was like a combination of my health issues with my OCD, with my parents' divorce, me losing touch with my personality and realizing that I had lost control out of everything in a little 17-year-old's life. And I felt that the only thing I could control was food. Mm. So what's up eating disorder? (laughs) How are you? About a year or two after school, in my early 20s, I was really getting into my health and I was researching ways in which to heal from PCOS. And a lot of the research was all about a plant-based diet. (laughs) And I was purely doing that research because of PCOS and success stories. And so many people being like, I went vegan and my whole life changed. And, you know, those success stories like, go vegan today and tomorrow you'll be perfect. You know? <laughs> yeah. I am. I'm not animals and bad. <laughs> 100%. I was never an ethical vegan. Like, no one wants to see an animal being slaughtered. Fuck, mate. I don't care who you are. Even if you're a butcher, after a couple of years, you're going to go tatty. It's not okay to do that. Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast. I became vegan for health reasons purely, and it developed into becoming an environmental vegan. However, we are still on the health vegan part. I was like, vegan is the answer to life. And I slowly weaned myself off of my medication, of course, with the help of practitioners. I just was like, I don't want to be on any medication. I want to get my personality back. And vegan is the answer. How did you do that with practitioners that were actually so used to the traditional medicinal way? Did you go to homeopathic? I started working with a lady called Lauren Hilton. And she does a lot of, it's really hard for me to explain it, but you sit in front of this machine and it scans all the frequencies in your body. And she can basically tell you what is out of sync and what is in sync and the different frequencies of your body so she was helping me a lot to get off of the pill the contraceptive medication and to regain my period and the lilifloxetine which is the anti-obsessive compulsive disorder drug so she was helping weaning me off of those slowly this took a very long time you can't just snap out of medication like that and I told her that I really wanted to be vegan and she 
wasn't that supportive of it because she believed in, you know, a certain amount of grams of this and that and this, you know, a classic FDA approved pyramid. So she was not happy with me doing things. And I was just like, I want to do this for my health and I'm super motivated. And she literally just was like, okay, cool, we can do this. So I started a 30-day vegan challenge. I just started a challenge. Is that the Veganuary challenge in January? No, bro. this oh. was six and a half years ago when there was no such thing as being vegan. I started this 30-day vegan challenge. I was so scared. And you can look on my Instagram account from 2013. I made a post that said, let the journey begin. And it's some beans. I remember making the soup. It was red kidney beans from a tin, <laughs> which I won't eat now, but red kidney beans from a tin, broccoli, and some other root vegetables. And I just started this challenge and it's been six and a half years <laughs> since this challenge started. <laughs> it has never ended. So that was how I became a vegan. <laughs> you going from becoming a vegan, I guess it changed your whole lifestyle because with eating plant-based meant that you're inspired by different things, you're following different people on the internet, you're watching different things, your mindset really changes and your concept of life changes. How do you think that that changed the way you were once you went vegan? Oh, so much. My whole world changed. Absolutely every single thing in my world. Just the small things of thinking where my Ugg boots came from or, you know, it became a lot more and it became a bit hectic. I was really obsessed with being vegan. And it's also due to the fact that the only vegan I knew was literally living under a fucking rock. I knew no one that was vegan. No one could give me advice. No one can give me support. No one could relate to me. No one. It took my dad five years to stop buying lamb chops. Very long process with my family to get them to understand what it was to be vegan and my ideas and stuff behind it. And the vegan I was, when I started my journey to the person that I am now are two very completely different people, which I mean, I'll obviously elaborate on. But in the beginning of me being vegan, I really didn't realize how deep into another disordered way of eating I was actually delving into. And do you think that's so a big common disorder? It's massive. And in the beginning, it was just like vegan is the answer. Everything must be vegan. And then it just got to a point where it was just like I was eat, sleeping and shitting vegan. It was just too much. And I didn't really realize that I was now obsessed with being vegan. And it was very hard for me because I had no support. I had no one to relate to. And because I regained my period, I thought that it was the answer. Mm. So my PCOS that I was diagnosed with didn't evaporate, but I had now gained my menstrual cycle on my own without my contraceptive pill. And obviously that was massive. And I lost a substantial amount of weight. Uh, no numbers are mentioned because there's no triggers here, but I lost a substantial amount of weight. And I just thought that this was the answer and you know everyone was like you're looking amazing and you're getting that ego talk and just because I didn't know how to relate to anyone or I couldn't really talk to anyone about anything I was very isolated I started posting my stuff on Instagram and started creating a community through Herbie Raw 
And I just started connecting a lot more with people. Like there was not one restaurant in South Africa, not one product that even had a label that said vegan on it. It was an unheard of thing. Every single time I went out for lunch or dinner, it was, I'll have a Greek salad with no feta. Like, great. Lettuce and cucumber. It's <laughs> back for vegans. Chips. <laughs> chips. Yeah, I'll just have some side chips, you know. Mm. I even remember going to a Christmas, one of my first Christmases as a vegan and we got there and it was just like a buffet of everything meat. Even the potatoes were cooked in butter. I literally didn't eat at Christmas. And when we got home to open our presents, I made peanut butter toast. That's how much it stole my life. But <laughs> there is a lot of light at the end of this tunnel. <laughs> There's obviously, you know, ups and downs with everything. That was just the start of Herbie Raw and I never really took it all too seriously. I just wanted to share my journey and connect with other people. And when I was about 21, I started studying at Friends of Design in the magazine industry for two years. And then I decided to leave the office world in the magazine industry. And I collaborated with a little grocery shop in Hart Bay called Garden Root Goodies with a lady named Alex Peel. And we uh, turned that small little grocery into a bigger grocery, three times the size, now called Organic Root. Basically, at this point, I'd already studied, worked in the office world, left the office world. I had my own product range in Organic Root. So Herbie Raw, I developed a Herbie Raw product range with a whole bunch of fermented foods, cultured foods, raw granolas, raw cakes, and hit a quarter-life crisis. <laughs> I think I overachieved a bit too much, and I unfortunately had to kiss my soulmate goodbye. He packed his bags and went traveling. So I sold my car and packed my backpack and uh, got a one-way ticket to the tropics. <laughs> you just wanted to do the same or was it worth it? Um, not with him. Uh, we were on a completely different vibe, but both of us really wanted to travel at a young age and fell in love when we were 20 years old and fucking half a decade later realized that we weren't married and that we actually both just needed to be free. Definitely one of the hardest things I've had to do, but the, one of the most beautiful things I've ever had to do to it. You know, all of these things, you don't understand why they're happening to you until you realize they didn't happen to you, they happened with you and for you. And both of us, you know, we have these eccentric personalities and the world deserves to meet us both. And I had to set him free to set myself free and vice versa. In my quarter life crisis, I just was like fuck it, I need to get out of here. Where'd you go when you were like, I'm done? Was there a country in specific that you wanted to go to? Not really. I just wanted to go be in a tropical environment and continue in the health and wellness industry that I'm in. You did that in another country. And what exactly were you doing in those countries? Were you making food? Were you making those fermenting products that I'd love to taste one day? I def can't wait for you to taste them, but I definitely just was like, you know what? I've got a bag of tricks under my belt. Thank God I didn't try and travel when I was 20 years old and I didn't know if I was Arthur or Martha. Now I've actually got some skills behind me. And I just thought that now's the time. I just have to get out there and I say I just continued my passion in the health and wellness industry because it's something that I'm super knowledgeable about and passionate about and I know that my experience and sharing my story 
I can help others onto the path of self-love, self-awareness, self-acceptance through food and different healing modalities. So ironic that you said um, because for so long we've been, just like you said, and I'm sure this can relate to a lot of people, food was something that we didn't want. We needed to cut it out. We wanted to lose weight and all these triggers. And now we want to live, breathe and talk about it because it's so good. <laughs> A hundred percent. With Herbie Roy, originally it started out as just a vegan account of inspiration and quotes. And then I realized I was just being under attack all of the time. Everyone had their own opinion on veganism. Everyone was telling me what they thought was right or wrong. I have a clear remembrance of eating a fucking gummy bear and one of my friends just attacking me because it had... I don't know, horse hooves or something inside of it. And then I realized I couldn't connect with the term being vegan. I couldn't be boxed into being vegan. I hated the word vegan. It just sounds so hectic. And I realized I just needed to take a break from social media. Mm-hmm. So in 2017, I put Herbie Raw on hold and I just decided that I needed to set myself free and just live my life and do whatever the hell I needed to do and not be so identified as vegan or as Herbie Raw or as a certain something. And then I realized through organic roots and just helping so many different types of people, there was such a huge desire amongst all of the customers to live a more holistic life, whether they were vegan or not. Mm-hmm. And I realized every single day I was, I was spending my day in an arch, just not preaching, but helping people live a more holistic life. And just, you know, people want to learn from experience. So they're always coming to me, asking me about this experience and how to change their life and their whole lifestyle and not just their diet, you know, and that's why I started up my Herbie Raw account again and I changed it from a vegan account into a lifestyle account, which incorporates conscious cooking, of course, but holistic health and holistic just meaning whole and taking in all aspects that make you you and creating a lifestyle which is sustainable in itself. And you're actually going to be able to live it and to be free and to be happy and to not have these rules and restrictions, which my whole life has been about these rules and restrictions. And I just wanted to show people that there is a path to health and happiness. The whole idea of this health and wellness industry is often to sell you a look of health or to sell you their own like perception of beauty. And I find it triggering and I find it triggering on a lot of vegan accounts as well. And it's also the exact reason why I do what I do. It's because I'm not trying to sell an idea of beauty or say that this is going to heal you or this is going to make you feel better. or This is the path to take. I'm a true believer of healing being super personal because trauma is so personal. I know no one's going to live a problem-free life and it's not about our problems, but how we deal with them. And that's why it makes healing not a linear line. It's not just a line going up. It's up and down all of the time because no matter how much superfoods you eat or celery juice you drink, shit is going to happen. One day, kombucha is the queen of health. The next day, everyone says, keep calm and eat kale. One day yoga cures everything. And then the next day yoga guru is going for a hip replacement. I'm just saying, come on, let's put it all in a bucket and say, fuck it. And just 
acknowledge that there is a such thing as health at every size. There is a such thing as being healthy and eating a piece of pizza. There is a such thing as eating chocolate and not demonizing certain foods and still being healthy. Mm. Everyone is so individual and it's why I believe it's hard to say this is healthy or this isn't and certain things like that because it's everyone's own personal journey and it's not only about the food that you eat. It's just about all aspects of your life and it's why there's no right or wrong way there's always a better way and it's why I don't preach being plant-based or I don't preach doing meditations because everyone must find what serves them and do what they need to do and it's why I speak about so many different ways that help me heal and I focus a lot more on that than just food. But I mean, I see it in your Instagram page. I think that's what drove me to it so much is that it wasn't just about food. And I think this is why I can relate to it. And I wanted you to be on Relatable Content because a lot of the things that we see online, it's always like, and it's a marketing tactic. It's like, if you're passionate about this, only push this, 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 and this. But in seeing that, I feel like it can drain people from wanting to learn about the person that's behind the page or the work that sure. you do. And you had posts that were in, I think, different countries that just made me inspired to want to know more about that, but also your ebook. And that's kind of what I want to get into because you talked about Herbie Raw and it then shifted to more than just an Instagram page. Yeah, of course. It just became me displaying a lifestyle which is sustainable and not put into a category or a box. It's just free. It's all that I want is just to be happy and free. How do I create a life for myself where it's free and there's no rules and restrictions, yet I get to delve into all of the beautiful parts of life too? Which you did kind of do that because you got to travel to so many places and I'd love to know, like, where were you before you came back to Cape Town? Because you said that you used to live in another country. In my quarter life crisis, packed up my bags and found myself in Sri Lanka, was traveling around for a couple of months there. And I collaborated with a retreat called Rook Gala. You said Rugala, but it's just easier to say Rook Gala. And I started working with two beautiful human beings that I had met in Sri Lanka, one named Emma and one named Jasmine. And they were both yoga instructors. And I was like, let's do this shit. And they started a retreat called Sisters of the Moon. <laughs> which became Sisters of the Shroom. <laughs> because, fuck, we found so many psychedelic mushrooms in the mountains. And uh, I just got on with one of the guests, like House on Fire, and we just uh, just having too much fun. <laughs> they were like, we're doing an all-women's retreat, the retreat that they're at. The head chef there can cook plant-based, but he only really can cook curries. And are you keen to come and help us? And I was like, damn straight. So... I helped them set up this retreat called Sisters of the Moon in Sri Lanka. And we had 14 guests from all around the world. And that's where the whole me working in retreats began. And I was predominantly in Sri Lanka for my travels. I ended up finding myself in Nepal um, for a couple of months. And I went back to Sri Lanka because I loved it so much. <laughs> and I had been to Indonesia previously before Sri Lanka a couple of months before. And that's where I went. So basically my 
my ex left on his travels and I decided to treat myself to my first solo female travel trip to Indonesia and that just ignited my fire and I was just sure I need to be out here doing what I need to be doing and I basically yeah, I came back <laughs> eat pray love do you want to know a funny story on my way to Sri Lanka I got upgraded to business class and obviously I was like bring on the champagne bring on the nuts I want everything and I watched Eat, Pray, Love, literally. I was like, I am going into my own version of Eat, Pray, Love, um, <laughs> which was incredible. I mean, working in retreat is just where the magic is at for me. I uh, have actually finally found a place in my life where I just feel the most me. Mm. Absolutely everything I love. It's like my whole lifestyle becomes one week for others and they just whoa this is incredible I'm reborn and I'm like yes now let's make it your life (laughs) you know and a lot of people are also a little bit weary about this whole quote-unquote alternative life but it was just oh it's just the most amazing thing seeing people transform and I mean this was the initial idea behind my Herbie Raw account and I actually had seen one of my posts that I did I scrolled down to the beginning of my account the other day and I saw this post it was so sweet it was like in 2015 saying vegan or not follow me for inspiration I just want everyone to be on this journey to themselves and healing and I mean this was already five years ago where <laughs> I was just didn't even know what I was doing and my intentions were just from the start to help people on their own path of healing, whatever that means to them. It's just incredible to see how far I've come and to find myself in a position where I can now see people transform from day one to day seven or day 14. And it's just majestical. You were saying that that's kind of what brought you up to this book, because I'll tell you, like I had a look at this book and it was incredible. All those photos what to die for. And I am allergic to nuts. So to die for nuts is something... Uh that's not easy to say but I really wish I could eat them when I saw these photos tell me more about your ebook so my ebook I was in the middle of Sri Lanka I've always wanted to design a cookbook it's like layout design is my baby I absolutely love layout design I just don't like being told what to do so working for a company is just not a vibe if it's my own thing then cool and I had a couple of months uh, where I was living on a lake in the middle of the Hamadullahs, literally in a town called Candy in Sri Lanka, in a, in a tiny little town called Diganam. No one even knows of it. Whoever's been to Sri Lanka has never been to this town. I was the only foreigner. I don't even think I looked at Sri Lankan money for about three months. I was just eating with the locals and I decided to write a book. <laughs> Yeah. And what was that like being around Sri Lankans and what inspired you to write that book? My life. Mm. And I realized that with the inspiration of the women that I had held my first retreat with, just the feedback and the fire and the energy from everyone, I was like, I've got to do this. I've just got to do this because I've find myself being a very big inspiration to a lot of women and a lot of people want to know more you know and want to hear more and are just so interested to know stuff about me and who I am and how I am and how I'm so young and have achieved what I've achieved and I just thought you know what 
this book can help so many different people. And I think that the more you start talking about your story, the more people start talking about their story. All it takes is one little bit of confidence. And it was definitely the ceremonies that I was holding. So with Sisters of the Moon, I was predominantly doing the cooking, the breakfast and lunch. But I was very involved with the women of the retreat and helping doing the certain activities and I held a cacao ceremony on the full moon of the second last day of the retreat. And it was the most transformational thing I've ever done in my entire life. And just seeing how we all helped each other. And I mean, an 18 year old girl had lost her mom and was speaking about loss and how she had coped with loss when she was 18 and a 45 year old woman had just recently lost her mom and it was the first time she had ever gone through loss and to see a younger woman giving an older woman advice about how to cope was just beautiful and it just made me realize we are all one yeah. No matter what you've gone through or how much you've gone through or how little you've gone through, it doesn't matter because we can all help each other in some kind of direction. And whether it's just opening a space to, you know, feel comfortable enough for women to talk or it's legitimate, you know, help in certain areas of people's lives. It was just like, I have so much to say and so much to share. And I think an ebook is the best thing that can ever come out of this yeah. and I just really chose that point there though Tanita when you said that so many women are inspired by you when you share your story and as much as you almost don't want to share your story it's kind of what people want to know more it's like we connect because we can share our stories and I think that's something also millennials are realizing like for so long we wanted to be someone else we wanted to do something that wasn't like everyone else or whatever and now we're kind of retrieving back to the idea of just let's all connect for our true selves and tell our stories yeah. and who we want to be and like share that space you know and embrace it and own it you are who you are it's like yesterday I don't know why I had a bit of a wobbly well I do know why I had a wobbly and that that fire in me came out and I let it rip on my sister who's this angel from above and then I sent her like an apology last night saying how sorry I was for my anger issues and stuff like that and she was like Tanita I've been dealing with that anger in you my whole life don't apologize for it it's a part of you and it is who makes you you and I was like you know what sometimes you just need a taste of your own medicine because I've been preaching to everyone like own it good or bad healthy or unhealthy just like be who you are and here I am battling with the fact that I've got this other side of me that gets into these Tanita moods where I just want to kill the whole world but it's okay and this morning I woke up and I almost shat a rainbow. Like that's how happy I was because I actually just acknowledged yesterday that sometimes you just have a shit day and you don't have to see the light in every situation. Sometimes the situation's just shit <laughs> and it is what it is. But I also love this little quote that you said in your book about, I mean, you have a lot of cute quotes. So it says, I know, right? That's so nice. exciting. It's, it's like my little mantras that keep me alive, literally. That's beautiful. This one was my favorite one. As the spark ignites within you, so will it ignite so in the magnetic radiance of consciousness oh. and set the world alight in its magnificence. Yeah. Um, how yeah. incredible. And that's exactly how I feel. You know, the minute I start talking about my, which I don't really want to delve into, a disordered way of eating, 
I mean, in my travels, every single fucking woman that I spoke to has had an uncomfortable relationship with food, whether it's under eating, overeating, excessive eating, obsessive eating, whatever the fuck it is, it's always been based around food and us demonizing foods and creating a bad relationship with food, which then creates a bad relationship with ourselves. And yes, the path of food is what ignited me onto my journey back to self. However, it's just been the craziest thing for me to open up about me, where I used to hide it so much because I was so scared of what other people were going to think and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't want it to look like I was crying for help, even though I was. I didn't want other people to think of me as a certain type of person. Whereas now, the more that I speak up about it, the more that I realize like, oh my gosh, it's so sad that we all go through this. And I mean, I'm only talking on behalf of women because I've never connected with a man who's had an eating issue. And I'm not trying to say that they aren't out there. They are. I've just never resonated with one. Whereas with women, it's been me sharing my story and your just it opens up their whole can of worms and it's just like crazy it's absolutely crazy i think it's also um, what you say that the reason you also connect with women and it's similar to the quote that i i just read it's sisterhood is the driving force of women's work and it's the fact that we can relate to that as women or we can relate to our sisters enables us to work together and support one another so it totally makes sense why your people that you're speaking to right now are women and is it women as well that you recommend this book to read or is it for anyone sure it's for everyone whether you're a girl or a boy or a homosexual or a whoever you are whether your favorite color is pink or gray or it's for everyone and that's why the book focuses not on being vegan or any certain topic it's lifestyle and when it comes to food it's not about being vegan but it's about eating more plants or about basing your diet on plant-based and that's why my whole terminology changed from being a vegan into becoming someone who is plant-based because my diet is based around plants full stop that's as simple as it is you know my biggest challenge with eating plant-based is always the sweetness this and i know i should live a more ayurvedic lifestyle is what i've been told but i still want dessert at the end of the day i want something that's going to get me there and it becomes such a challenge to make stuff because i feel very lazy when it comes to Mm -hmm. treating myself at the end what do you say to someone like me if you want something sweet Mm -hmm. I mean, have you ever had a stuffed date dipped in chocolate? No. Okay, but you can't eat nuts. Is it all nuts? No, I can eat almonds. You can eat almonds. So roast the almonds, stuff it in a date and dip it in chocolate and just put them in the freezer until the chocolate sets. It's the most amazing thing because it's crunchy. It's, what's that? Crunchy. It's like chewy. And, and then it's got that crack on the outside and it's so good. And then it's like creamy from the nuts. It's sweet from the dates and it's melty in your mouthy from the chocolate. Mm, yes. Okay. I want to make that. Yes. Yes. But let, let's just go back to your ebook so that I make sure that I get everything that's juicy and that people can find more about. My whole life story. And of course my travels brought me into the company compilation of my ebook and I decided to just elaborate a lot about my life story so you can find out a lot more about me in depth and my plant-based lifestyle 
And inside, I talk a lot about living an eco-conscious lifestyle and igniting your inner eco-warrior. So I delve a lot into topics about just being eco-conscious. And I give a lot of tips, you know, from my day-to-day life and things that have helped me. And this is why the book is for everyone, because even if you don't want to be vegan, it doesn't matter. It's about being a conscious consumer. So my whole book is based around holistic health and conscious cooking, because it's your whole life. It's not just about one or the other. And igniting your inner eco-warrior. We all have this inner eco-warrior inside of us. We all want to do good stuff for the earth. None of us want to see animals being harmed or humans being harmed. It just needs to be ignited. Then when I talk about being plant-based, I delve into plant-based nutrition for those that or have a lot of questions about protein and carbs and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Seasonal and sustainable eating, so organic and local produce as well. Cooking tips and pantry essentials. There's over 50 plant-based recipes inside of my book, and they're all gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free. And then I delve a lot into my healing methods and the modalities that helped me heal. Food is obviously included in this, but a lot of other things like breathing exercises, different types of yogas that have helped me, which are all of the restorative yogas. It's none of this fucking kung fu quick shit in the morning that's like ching chong 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 ching and you're going from this to that to this to that and you don't even know and then your toes in front of your face it's it's none of that it's just restorative yoga and and you really like like chinese cupping and things like journaling and writing letters to people and writing letters to yourself and things that have just really helped me just come towards myself more you know sound healing journeys and mindful eating and self-care practices and self-love practices and all of these things are all achievable to every single person and I'm not saying okay do x y and z and you'll be perfect it's not about that it's about delving into different things that serve you in this time you know right now Mm -hmm. the five Tibetan rites which are certain poses you do are not serving me and I'm really enjoying qigong meditations where you awaken certain meridian lines in your body and so it's like in every single moment what you're doing your life and everything it's always going to be changing the only constant in life is change and that's why there's no certain way or only one way that is going to help everyone because it's not true it all just depends on where you are at in your life and that's the beauty of this ebook is because it's not something that you read once it's something you keep on going back for more you do something and it doesn't resonate and then you read this and then you read that and you slowly start adding these things into your life until it becomes your life yeah I don't think of how I am vegan or I don't think of going into a grocery shop and think vegan, vegan, vegan. I mean, I don't even think of stuff like that anymore. It just is now my natural life, you know? Mm. There's, I just make a meal. So if people want to actually get this book, how can they get it? Because it's online, right? Yeah, so my ebook is online on my website, which is www.herbyraw.com. And the opening page is there's a click on a button which says ebook. So it's very, very easily acceptable. There's also a link in my Instagram account where you can get the ebook from. My Instagram account is Herbie Raw. 
H-E-R-B-I-R-A-W. Yeah, and if you learn all about the name behind Herbie Raw as well, which we won't share. Everyone can read it. It's a very, uh, I just love the book, really. It's very cute. And we want yeah. people to read it. Like you said, you gracefully gave me the opportunity to read it as well. And I think people should read it because you can just see you in a book. And like you said, so many people want to get to know each other. And it's such a nice way to get to know you, seriously. For sure. And to realize that we're all actually in this together and that you don't actually have to do everything on your own. And it's what I've had to realize. Obviously, coming from a background of a broken family where my sister had already moved out, my dad was a boom festival in Spain and I was alone in my own home and I was my last year of school and my journey on my own just began and I had to pick up my own puzzle pieces. I had to start making my own living. I had to start being my own person and I got to a point though where I had a downward spiral because I was putting so much pressure on myself to achieve everything on my own and not asking for help that it ended up where I was, which is also not a bad thing that, you know, you have to go through what you have to go through for me to get my independence back, which is not an easy one. But I think that this book is just so important for everyone to read about another person's real life experience and I think experiences everything. I would much rather hear from someone else what they've done and then be able to relate to them or be able to ask them some helpful advice than to just be doing it all on my own, which is where I had to start. So it's why I'm so open about everything now because I just want to help everyone, Mm. no matter what you want to do, whether you want to, you know, that resonates with me so well. That's why I wanted to create a platform, like a podcast about these topics because so many of us can connect to one another just by listening to a story. And that's kind of how I found opportunities from just listening to podcasts of other people share their stories. So how can we share this? I feel like the book needs to be in more hands because there is movement in numbers. We can make a change in numbers And in the amount of people who decide that they want to live a more sustainable life for themselves. And that's why I will always be here to help and to guide and to teach and to learn. With a giveaway, if you comment on our social media, one thing you love about yourself, we will pick a random winner. Just name one thing you love about your body. And it doesn't have to be a physical trait. It could just even be the magic that your body gives you to get up in the morning. It can be absolutely anything. You can love your nose, you can love your toes, or you can even just love the stretch marks that are around your thighs. I do delve into body positivity in my book too, which is a podcast on its own, but it's, I mean, more the journey of body acceptance than body positivity, but it's something that I'm a firm believer of. Oh, it's amazing. Um, I also listen to your podcast as well, so I'd also recommend that. Tell us though, so of course people can get the giveaway by entering and commenting on the post, but how else can they find you on social media? They can find me on social media. I do Herbie Raw is super easy. H-E-R-B-I-R-A-W, which is Instagram. It's the most active platform that I'm on. And on my Instagram, there's links to my website and you can email me straight off of my Instagram too. If you're interested in me talking about anything else, then also let me know. I'm happy to delve into anything saucy. And yeah, if you are very interested in my book as well, there is a discount code, RCRAW, 
all capital letters. So it is R-C-R-A-W. My book is sold in dollars due to PayPal. So there's a $5 discount. My book is $15, which brings it down to $10. So it's like instead of 260 Rand, it's about 170. So it's a 90 Rand discount. If you are in a financial situation where you're unable to buy the book, but it really, really resonates with you, please do not hesitate to send me a message because I'm happy to gift my book to those that have a strong desire to read it. I'm all about gifting. The more you give, the more you get. I'm so excited to start a new journey with whoever gets their hands on my book. I think the journey has already begun because the journey has begun. Whoever is listening to this podcast. And you've reached this point. I hope you have so much that you've learned about both of us and about the positivity that you really bring. Like seriously, this conversation has been so enlightening. And even before we were talking, I was just laughing so much. Like you bring so much to the table I wouldn't be surprised if people are listening right now and you said so many wise things that I think that I really want to just take back from your ebook and highlight them you know that's this is the beauty of having it on my phone that I just like you to uh, post it seriously thank you again for doing this I want to ask you something that maybe you can relate to or not that I like to ask all the people on the podcast is what's the last meal you ate the last meal i ate nachos <laughs> yes my tacos my friend made tacos last night me and my two best friends oh it's so yum i love mexican food are you talking to me i'm a food punner do you get my pun are you talking to me i'm not your friend anymore <laughs> don't don't put that in but i love food puns you'll see in my builder salad did you read my builder salad part of the ebook no. No. You see, it's like, <laughs> uh, wait, don't leave the fridge open in case there's a salad dressing. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a lover of food pants. It's really That's a good one. I'll keep that one in. Oh, okay, there's another question I have for you. What's your favorite food emoji? My favorite food emoji? I don't have one. Hmm. My favorite emoji, though, is definitely the yellow stars or the unicorn. Can I look quick? Yeah, go to, or go to your last used emoji. I love this because it always makes me think like, oh, what's on mine? So I'll go and look. <laughs> My last emoji is of the eagle flying because I said, fuck you, Rona, I can fly. And there's a funny picture of me on Insta trying to fly. What was that about? <laughs> Because Corona is not letting me fly out of the country. So Rona is Corona. I've named her. And <laughs> basically, I just was jumping off a bench this morning and looked like I was flying. So. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you would name Corona Rona. I was thinking, I was thinking like, who is she talking to anyway? Oh, I like her. So I'm going to like this post. <laughs> oh, you didn't ask me about Corona. Maybe not I at all. Oh, I not get the reference at all, but I'm also very bad, eh? I don't know if I'm just a slow person, but when it comes to things that's supposed to be like innuendos, I'm like, what is the intention? I'm such a realist. Like, I think too... Real. Too yeah. real. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm the opposite. Yeah, please keep them coming. Send me more so I can think. <laughs> I just do want to say, though, like, when it comes to the whole 
health and wellness industry, I know a lot of people get scared about it because they think it's super expensive or they're freaked out that, you know, they're not going to be able to be zero waste and do all of these things. So they're not going to be able to be this perfect person. And it's just, you also don't have to have gone to a woman's circle or be singing Kumbaya around the fire to now start your journey to self. Whether you have the ability and the option financially to go to these different ceremonies and circles and workshops and all of these things, cool. I 100% think everyone should experience them. But self-love just starts from right now and in this day. And we've all lost ourselves in other people and in other things and in other experiences. And more often than not, we lose ourselves along the way. But the best part is realizing that your body is like a puzzle. And the moment you start to put those puzzle pieces together, you start to understand why you went through certain experiences, how they affected you mentally and physically. And you start to unfold the path of who the fuck am I? Mm -hmm. And self-love is as simple as saying no to people. It's as simple as looking at your mono brown thinking, fuck, it's wild and untamed, just like me you know? And it's like, I just want to inspire people. And that's why even though my ebook is a lot to digest, it's just, if you can take one little thing from the ebook, I will forever be happy. It's like, that will fuel my heart. And it's why I talk about so many different types of things. And it's why it's so hard for me to stay onto one path. And it's just because I just want to inspire everyone to just ignite their little inner fire to start this relationship with themselves and to be free and to be happy and enjoy life because it's so easy to not enjoy life and to feel like you're being attacked and to get into the nitty gritty things. Everyone, I think this world would be a lot happier if we all just loved ourselves a little bit more. And that's why I just want to inspire people to get onto this path of just self-acceptance and happiness. Okay, so Tanita and I are definitely friends after this episode. Just so you know, we went on a beautiful walk together because clearly we had a lot of things in common. And what is that beauty that comes with being online and sharing community with other people? Yes, Tanita is part of the Relatable Content community, a space where all like-minded women are welcome. More about Relatable Content, the community on relatablecontent.love forward slash the community or find us on Facebook and Instagram. But our conversations aren't just for women. Again, Relatable Content is a podcast for anyone that can relate. And don't forget to head over to Instagram to follow Herbie Raw, H-E-R-B-I-R-A-W, or Relatable Content, where we will be launching our giveaway. Yes, this giveaway is fabulous. Please go and enter if you would like to get the the ebook. The ebook is so beautiful. The pictures are incredible. You're supporting women in Sri Lanka as well in the process of supporting this book. Antonita in sharing her message that love and acceptance is important and key here. We are trying to change the mindset that we grew up in and that we see online. So if you support that, please go and download the ebook now. You have the discount of RC Raw. If you're listening to this episode in the future, hey, the podcast will never go away, nor will the discount. The discount is here for you five dollars off that's incredible support us and keep doing what you're doing and don't forget to love yourself as always thanks for listening